Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. We're doing something different today uh, called Transformational uh, Church. And what led to this, uh, really a couple of things. Uh, One, um, myself working with some church planners on a contract basis with the uh, State Baptist Convention uh, put me in uh, contact of uh, working with Dwayne uh, Kirkendall a lot. Dwayne is the uh, Director of Missions uh, at Catawba Valley Association, which is the Hickory area. Uh, but we had known each other for years before that because we used to pastor in churches that were really close to each other uh, years ago. But as I um, met with Dwayne, um, started to get a sense of how uh, vast of information he had received over the years in training uh, about leadership and church transformation in areas such as that. So that's kind of what led to uh, Dwayne being with us this Sunday. The other thing uh, that has led there is that our, our leadership team here at the church, with uh, day three being 12 years old, we were just kind of feeling like we needed to uh, back up and maybe recast some vision, and we've been meeting to do that. Matter of fact, Dwayne came and spent a Saturday with us uh, to walk us through some things, and you'll be hearing uh, more uh, about that in the future. <clears throat> but um, what we're going to do today is uh, have Dwayne come and share with us uh, this uh, Transformational Church survey. And if you'll look inside the updates to begin with where my sermon notes are normally located, uh, you'll see some blanks that are there that you can take notes uh, as Dwayne speaks to us today. But you'll look down at the bottom of the page, you'll find out there's a place that you can go online and log in and do a survey. Uh, We are asking that uh, that only be filled out by our members or regular attendees. You know, you might not have joined Day 3 yet, but you come all the time. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, it is not for you to go home and give out to your 8-year-old and let them take the survey uh, or, you know, anything like that uh, because they're upstairs and they don't really know what happens down here a lot uh, on it. So it's mainly for our, our members and those that are regular attendees. Uh, and we would love for you to take that survey as soon as possible. And we'll get scoring back from that, and that'll kind of help give us a sense of where we are. Uh, so if you'll join me in prayer uh, just for a moment, and then Dwayne will come up and, and share with us today. Father, uh, we ask you just to open our, our minds, and uh, Father, that we would, first of all, ourselves as individuals, that we would lay our, our, ourselves open before you, our hearts and all that we are, and uh, understand that you're in the business of transforming lives. And uh, Father, we pray if there's anyone here that's never been transformed by the gospel that they would trust in in Christ. But Father, for those of us that have, we all admit that we probably have not allowed you to transform us to the degree that that you would desire. So Father, help us to have that desire uh, today and as we move forward. Help our church to have that desire today and as we move forward to serve you that we would be the church that you want us to be. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you would give Dwayne a welcome real quick, and he'll come and share with us. What your pastor didn't say, it's actually been over 20 years that we've known each other. Um, 
these last years that have been serving as the missionary in, in the Hickory area, uh, God has opened a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities for me to learn, uh, and whatever I learn, I try to share. And one of the neat things about this whole process as we began to look at transformational church assessment is to kind of go back for a minute and, and kind of see where the journey began, at least with this process. The first thing that came out in, in the journey was a thing called Simple Church. And what happens a lot of times in church is that we, we're doing good things and we're doing the business of God, and we get real busy just enjoying doing the good things of God, but we forget the direction and guidance that he really gave us from the, from the beginning, even in, in, the, in the, the scriptures as the church was first formed. And so we, we began to let church get complicated. Uh, it gets focused on so many things and so many directions. It's like being tied to 20 horses and being pulled apart. You know, it just feels like you're, you're not able to get focused again. So Simple Church came out and said, we believe the church ought to be focused, and here's the focus we think is important. Uh, first thing we think you ought to do is love God. Sounds good to me, don't you? We, we love him, and, and then we love each other. That's important. We need to do that. Jesus said the great commandments is love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And then the third thing he said we need to do is we need to serve others. And so we want to love God through worship, through celebration, but not only worship that happens on Sunday morning, but worship that really takes place every day of the week, every part of our life. And so Monday, Tuesday through Saturday, we're worshiping God, whether we're at work or wherever we may be. We're keeping our focus on serving and being faithful to him in all things. And then we want to love others. We do that by gathering together in small groups, but, 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 but more than that, we do it by living life together. Uh, we get invested, get involved, we touch each other's life, we encourage each other, and ultimately we serve others. We serve those within the body, you need to take care of the body, but we also recognize that God has called us not only to care for our own, but to reach out and touch a lost world for him. And so we began to serve those in the community. We began to discover what their needs are, uh, where they're hurting, where they, where they can be touched, so that it will give us a platform to touch their lives so that we can introduce them to the greatest news they've ever heard, and that's the salvation they can have in Jesus Christ. And then begin to help them to grow, become more like Christ. And, and so Simple Church came out, and then another book came out that was important. It's called Essential Church. Why do we need that? Because what are the essentials, what are the pieces that are necessary for us to get the job done that God has called us to do? And that's, that was a tool that, that helped us to kind of understand and begin to get back to the basics again. Because again, doing the work of the church is not complicated. Uh, it really is, is quite simple. Now, the work's hard. There's nothing easy about doing the things of God. It's nothing easy about seeing the kingdom of God advance. There's nothing easy about fighting the spiritual battles that we have to fight all the time. But the process and the structure really can be quite simple in getting the job done. And so that book came out, and necessarily so, but then Transformational Church came. And Transformational Church is, is about the idea is that we need to make sure that what's happening is, is not that we're just going along to get along, not that we're just going along to reach more people so that we'll have more folks in our building, but that we intentionally are reaching into a lost and a dying world and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and then helping them to grow more and more into his likeness. That's what we call discipleship. And so Transformational Church then comes back and asks the question, do you want to go there? And I hope the answer for all of us would be here today. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to join God in what he's doing. I want to be about what he said. I want to be obedient to the commands he's given. I want to live out the great commission and the great commandments. And I want to do that in such a way that it impacts losses like it's never done before. Well, that's good. That's, that's the end vision. 
But with the envision, you have to step back and you have to ask the question, so where are we? The Transformational Church Assessment Tool is going to help, help day three understand where you are. Uh, it, it's sort of like last August, we got ready to go to, uh, to Sturgis, and uh, I knew where we were going. We are going to Sturgis, and so I began to look at the map and saw where Sturgis was and realized that's a long ways from here. But the first question that we had to ask after that was, where are we going to start from? And, and for me, it was starting in, in Hickory. For others, it was starting in Raleigh and all those places. But we had to find where we were going to get together to move together. And church, that's all this assessment's really going to help you do. It's going to help you to see where you are so that you can really begin to, to develop the strategy and move into the simplicity of bringing glory and honor to him by reaching and transforming the lives of people around you. And again, it's a perception survey, as your pastor shared a while ago, it's, it's not about getting the right answer. Uh, I've had folks before call the, call the church secretary and say, I don't know the answer to number 12. Would you give me the answer to that one? No, that's not the point. The point is, what is your perception? And so, again, if you come to a point and you've got one of these questions and you'll see some in just a few minutes and you see an example there in your, in your worship bulletin, if you'll begin to look and, and you begin to say, I don't know the answer to that, then you just put disagree because you don't know. And, and sometimes it's as easy as communicating because it really is happening, but you didn't know. It doesn't matter that. It's just you don't know that, then, then I don't know that it's happening, so it must not be happening. And, and as far as you're concerned with the survey, that's going to be your response. So what are you going to get? You're going to discover how well members know the church. You know, it's really interesting that a lot of folks who come to the church all the time really don't know much about the church. You kind of, how could that possibly happen? I don't know. It's, it kind of reminds me of a principle that I learned uh, a few years ago, and I wish someone had taught it to me 40 years ago. Uh, and the principle is this in communication. Once you've shared something new, as many ways you can share it, till you're sick and tired of sharing it, people are just starting to get it. <laughs> I thought, man, if someone had taught me that earlier, because I actually had a, a man tell me some time ago uh, it, when I was pastoring in, in my last church, uh, he said, you're moving too fast for us. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. You're not doing anything. You're not, you know, and so I would move on to the next thing. But the reality of it was they probably were just starting to get it. But sometimes communication is a simple thing. We just fix that problem. We haven't communicated clearly, so we're going to do that. You're going to understand your feelings about church leadership. Paid staff, volunteer staff, all those folks. It gives you an opportunity to begin to sense what's going on in the congregation. See how the family sees leadership and see what things need to be happening in leadership to be raising up new leaders. Uh, I think raising up new leaders is a crucial part of what we do as church. If you don't, then there comes a generation that dies away and nobody's left to take over. I mean, we don't want that to happen. And so you begin to define at least a little bit about leadership itself. You'll, you'll see how well you're doing with the mission that the church has been given. What's the mission of the church? Well, Jesus, I think, explained it quite clearly in Matthew 28, didn't he? We're to go and make disciples of all the people groups, the Ponte Ethne, all the nations of the world, and we do that by helping them to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we began to understand that and look at Acts 1-8 and some of those pieces that pull it all together. But the question has to come back and say, but what do the people believe the mission of the church is? If the people really, by and large, think the mission to the church is, is all about me, then it will reflect that in this survey, and it will help the, then you to begin to understand what do we need to do to get the people to focus on the things of God. Determine how you think the 
that you should engage in the community. Now, here's one of the problems that I, I, I sense with churches a lot of times, and, and it's an attitude that's got to be changed, and the attitude is simply this. They know where we are, and if they want to come, they'll show up. I'm going, really? you got to be kidding me, right? But there are a lot of folks that whether they really say that, that's the way they act because they never get invested and involved in anyone's life and never invite anybody to come. But if that's true, you need to know that. You, again, don't answer it as if, well, this is the way it ought to be. No, ask, answer it, this is the way it is for me, the way that I really see it. It will help you to find out how meaningful worship is for the folks here. Not only the worship gatherings that you have on Sundays, not only the worship that takes place in your house groups or small groups, but it will help to begin to understand that worship really is about seven days a week, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. You meet him while I'm sleeping? Why not? You know, it, it, it's all about him anyway, right? But it begins to help you to understand what that is. It, it will also help to reveal attitudes about re- lasting relationships between members. In the Transformational Church, the part of the training, uh, and for those who come to the Discovery Retreat as we begin to unpack the material that's going to come from this, one of the things that said this is that you need to understand something. For a long time, we thought that people were looking for friendly churches. And most of yeah, that's right, they're looking for friendly churches. They're not. People are looking for friends. It's not about just being friendly to them on Sunday morning. It's about how do you connect them to develop friendships and relationships with them. And if that's not happening, and if you don't see it that way, then put it down that way so that the church can begin to address those issues so that you truly can begin to to move away the darkness and see the light grow, grow stronger and stronger in this community, in surrounding communities, in this state, this nation, and literally to the ends of the earth. The transformational loop is just the, the, the seven elements and three basic ideas. There's a discernment and embrace and engage and what it looks like are these things. Missionary mentality. You began to gauge the missionary mentality of, of the life of this church. Uh, some, some time ago, I was preaching in one of our churches, and, and I talked about a missionary mindset and the fact that each of us as believers in Christ should have that mindset. And someone asked the pastor later, do you, you think Dwayne really thinks we're supposed to be missionaries? And, and the answer is yes, I really think that. Why? Because I think the Bible teaches that. And, and if we don't see ourselves as missionaries, those that have been sent of God, those who are willing to leave the comforts of our own home and sometimes the comforts of our fellowships and make an impact into the world around us, then I don't think we're doing what we ought to do. But you need to discover where the mindset of the people is at this point. Why? So that you can help move them and prepare them and equip them to do the things that God has called them to do. The church begins to understand the community. We need to know the communities around us. They're all different. They all have a little different flavor, a little different thing, but there's some similarities. One of the things that I've discovered in many, many areas, uh, it's definitely true in Catawba County. It's definitely true in Caldwell County. It's true in many places all around us is this. One of the greatest needs of people that live in our area is community. They live in a community. Many of them have homeowners associations. Many of them, you know, I mean, but, but they don't know, they don't connect with each other. They're, they don't have community. Many of them don't have family connections. Some of them have family nearby, but they don't like each other. I mean, all kinds of dynamics are being played out, but people are desperately hunger, hungry for community. Church, where's the best place for community to happen? It's the church, right? 
It's the connection of the people of God connecting with one another and encouraging each other to reach out and touch those who are desperately needing that. One of the greatest needs that, that we found is, is that folks are looking for something to do around holidays. You're going, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, we're, we're better to celebrate Easter than among the body of Christ. We're better to celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving. I mean, all of them. If you begin to look back at the opportunities God has given us, well, you need to know your community, and some of that will begin to surface if you do or if you don't. Vibrant leadership. Leaders are leading the people to worship and live in community and live on missions. It's always pushing folks out. It's not always trying to pull put people in. The gathering's important. Never forsake the assembling of yourself. Uh, the Bible teaches us that. But the other thing of it is we ought to live six and a half days out there, not in here, right? I mean, none of you camp out here, do you? You don't have your bedroom in the back, do you? I mean, if you needed to, maybe you could, but the fact of it is you don't, and you live in the world that's out there. We'll make a difference. Be the missionary. Touch the lives of others. We'll find out where that really lies in the life in the life of your people. Prayerful dependence. What is the level of expectancy when we pray? A number of years ago, we, we lived in, in, uh, in Burke County, and it was when, if it, some of you that would be a bit older, you would remember this, there were some bit, just terrible fires over on the mountains there. And everything was smoky and everything. And my son was just a little fellow then. And, and one day we began to pray that God would send rain. It hadn't rained in a long time. We began to pray that God would send rain. And as we prayed and prayed and prayed, Jason got up and ran to the door. And I said, where are you going, son? He said, looking for the rain. Do you pray that much? Do you have that much expectancy when you pray? Do we really believe God's going to do something? Well, that's going to surface in this. And, and some of it just helps to kind of understand where we are so we can move into the place that God wants us to be. Relational intentionality. Providing platforms to create relationships and processes that produce life change. In, in a church that I've been a part of a number of years back, uh, they had done a, a survey Tom Rayner had come in and, and done some material with him, training with him. And what he discovered as a part of his research was that over a 10-year period, 60% of the people who came in the front door went out the back door. They didn't have any place to connect people. If the only place you connect people is, is in, a, in a large room on Sunday morning, then there's a whole lot of life being missed. And so the question has to be, what are you doing? How's it working? What could you do to make it better and begin to get the focus where it belongs? And worship is worship a matter of living and not a mode of programming. I'm grateful for the worship that's taking place here this morning. For those who lead in worship, those who are celebrating worship, for those who are participating in worship. But is that really happening in our life throughout the course of the week? It will surface, it will be discovered. Why? So that we can begin to look, not at just changing stuff, but seeing the transformation that's needed to move the church into being the church. In the community, again, the activity of joining lives together. In your, in your, home, in your house groups, do you, do you do life together? I don't mean do you sit on the couch together. I mean do you do life together? You see, the whole point to me of, of house church or, or, or life groups or anything you would call them is so that we can help and encourage each other to do ministry and service. We love God. We love others. We serve others. We, we want to do that together. And we encourage each other and we challenge each other and we, 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 we reach out and make a difference in the world around us. Is that happening? If not, how could that be changed? And that will be some of the, 
the, the solutions that will come out of this whole process. And then mission, the reason behind much of the thinking, motivation, and activity is God's mission to make disciples for Christ. Is that the driving force for the church? Some churches it is, some churches it's not. Where are you? It's just finding out where you are and finding out what's going on. Now, what happens in the midst of all of this is there's going to be a lot of questions. And again, when you begin to look at the questions, when you take the survey, what you've got to determine is where you see the church, where you see yourself. And so if you look at a question, let's take the first one. The needs of our city or local community inform our local mission strategy. If you were to say, we don't think about the community, we don't care about the community, we're not involved in the community, then the answer to that was disagree. (laughs) And the other thing is, if you don't know the answer to that, you still put disagree. Why? Because if you don't know about it, you're not aware that if, if it is taking place, and so that needs to be clear to leadership. It needs to be clear to the congregation that we haven't communicated clearly how we do that very thing. But you began to go through again. It's just simple questions. Our church depends on prayer for its effectiveness. It's like Jason praying for rain and then going to the door to see if the clouds had gathered yet. Do we really depend upon God or do we depend on ourselves? Well, God, we got money in the bank and stuff to do. I mean, we're doing fine. Just thank you. You know, and you're kind of like, no, that's not it. Do we really depend on God? Is it evident that that's true? Relational intentionality. Our, Our church has a clearly defined discipleship process. For moving a person from salvation to spiritual growth to significant ministry, do you? I, I was in a church a while back, and uh, we got to that question, and, and, and the, one of the guys on staff said, after everybody else said no, he said, well, we do. I said, really, tell me about it. And he explained that process. Man, it was powerful, and it was comprehensive. And, and I looked at him, and I said, uh, would you mind if I asked a question of the group? And he said, sure. And I said, so how many of you knew that? And one other hand went up. So I kind of looked at him and I said, do you think it might've been important for you to tell them? <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you knew it, but nobody else had a clue. And this is what he said. Well, you know, we do discipleship training on Sunday nights and we have a table and, and we lay out everything on the table that you can take in this, this particular quarter. And, and that was one of the things we laid on the table. And I think, and I said, you think that was working? He went, apparently not. I thought, no, it didn't work. So what are you going to do to make it better? So what happens in all of this thing is it just becomes an opportunity again to say, this is where we are. Now, there are a lot of times that I, I work with churches and when we do the discovery retreat and when you get the feedback of some of the responses of the people, people will go, oh, we failed that thing. You can't fail it. It's impossible. All it says is this is where you are. Now, for me, failure is if I know there's a need to make a shift towards God and his things and I don't do it, that's failure. But there's no way that this thing ever will come up as you failed this thing. It's just a snapshot of where you are. The new, score, the new scorecard is going to be written. Here's the thing in the past. In the past, the scorecard that we have had to do with nickels and noses. How many were in worship? How many were in small group? How much money we got left? And, and we counted that and we thought that was what we needed to know if everything was going to be okay. The new scorecard goes back and says, no, it's a whole lot more than that. Do you need to count the counts? Yeah, you do. You need to understand that. But it, things like worship, our church members often bring friends with them to our worship services. I had a man in one church, uh, we were talking about that, that very principle, and he looked at me and he said, well, I'll tell you one thing. I said, yes, sir, you tell me. He said, if these folks are just coming here, my preacher preach, he said, they'd hear the gospel. And I said, sir, I, I, I agree with you 100%. 
I said, I've heard him preach, and he preaches the gospel, and he preaches it clearly. I said, but I do have another question. What? And I said, have you ever brought a lost person to hear the gospel preached? <clears throat> well, how do you expect them to get saved if that's what you think is going to happen? If, if he's preaching the gospel and you believe that's a, one of the tools that, that can be used to make a difference in life, why aren't you bringing people with you? So it becomes a part of the new scorecard as you begin to look at these things. People regularly make decisions to obey God as a result of our worship services. Our lives changing? One of the things that's been a struggle for me over the years is, is I keep asking myself the question, am I any more like Jesus today than I was last year? Or the year before that or the year before that? The truth of it is, am I more like Jesus today than I was last month? And if the answer comes back and says, no, I'm just kind of where I've always been, there's something wrong, and it's a hard issue for me. But the scorecard begins to change for you. You count the counts. You still need to know the nickels and noses kind of things. You need to know how many came, how much baptism, how much things you have financially. You need to understand that. But those aren't the, the big issues. The big issues is how are we doing in worship? How are we doing in community? Do we know the community? Are we invested in the community? Are we touching the lives of the community? Are we doing missions? Our church intentionally provides service opportunities for those uh, for our people to be engaged with the unchurch of our, of our local city or community. Do you do that? What do you do? And, and so as you begin to go through this thing, it'll begin to unpack all kinds of opportunities. You can't do them all at once, but you choose the ones that you think God is leading you to start first, and you begin to do those, and you begin to build upon those so that the direction does go back again to where it goes. Pastor, you were sharing a while ago, 12 years into it. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up into the, the activity and, and even forget the reason why we get the, do the things we do. Here's an opportunity to revisit all that, an opportunity to look at it and, and to do it. Sometimes it just starts conversations uh, in, in the area of community. Small groups are very important in our church, are they? If everybody knows that, wonderful. If everybody's plugged into them, that's great. But if they're not, here's an opportunity for you to discover that. My, my personal belief is, is that people need to be plugged into small group. As the church grows larger, it has to grow smaller. That's where we do life together. That's how we do ministry together, those things. But you began to use this as conversation starters as you see the advance of the kingdom began to take place. From the survey, you're going to know how well you're integrating new members into the life of your church. You'll discover the perception of the people that have been here for a while. You'll begin to discover the perception of some of the people that haven't been here for a while. And for some of you who haven't joined yet, you've just been attending for a long time, you'll begin to share your opinion of where you see assimilation really taking place or not taking place. How well do the members understand the vision and mission of the church? I, I had a church a number of years ago. We were dealing with some issues, and I came back to the vision mission. So I asked the question, I said, do you, tell me your vision, vision and mission. And the pastor said, well, I think we've got four different ones. <laughs> four different ones? Again, that's like being tied to four horses and pulled apart, right? He's like, man, that'd be painful. And I said, where are they? And he said, well, I think we filed them in a file cabinet somewhere. And I went, well, that's not working for you. Uh, but some of that just surfaces out of this process, and it begins to say, do they understand it? Great. If they don't, let's help them. Another thing is, how do they perceive church leadership? What do they see going on? You know, I, I, I remember early in ministry, and, and even my son thought that, you know, the only day dad worked was on Sunday, and it was just for a couple hours. He was like, really? You know, like, he didn't understand that one, you know, uh, because it is much more than that little bit that you do on those days. It's, it's, it's life in so many ways. 
But how do the people understand that? Not just your paid staff, but volunteer staff. How do they feel about small group ministry? Do they really believe it? Have they bought into it? Are they a part of it? What impact has worship experienced on them? Again, are people really becoming more like Jesus? I remember when I was in school and, and studying preaching and uh, one of the things that they shared, you know, the, the whole point of preaching is not information, it's transformation, or it should be. It isn't how much I've taught you. You know, one of the problems we face in, in, in America from my perspective is that the Bible's written from a, from a Hebrew mindset that's all about doing and practicing. But we live in America, and, and the Greek mindset is our primary basis of doing stuff, and that's all about knowing. And so we reward knowing. And so a lot of times as it's filtered into the church, what we do is we teach people a lot of stuff, but we never really set the platform for them to do anything. It's sort of like, I'm sorry, we've missed it. Uh, here's an opportunity to address that and to deal with that, to move past that. How do they approach the lost within the community? Do we at all? What do we do with those who are lost? How do we build relationships? How, how do you build relationships if you don't know how to do that? Could, could you learn how to do that? Sure you can. Could you practice it? Could. You can model it. You can have some folks go out with you that you've never done it before, but they have. And so now you can learn how that happens. And then how prayer really fits into your daily life. It's not, it's not now lay me down to sleep and a little blessing before you eat. You know, it really is a lifestyle of praying and staying in tune and in touch with the Father. It's sort of like a letter from Jesus when you get the results back because what he does is helps you to get a snapshot of where you are and where he wants to take you. You begin to identify the areas of strongest positive agreement. We're doing this. We agree with this. We understand this. Man, that's great. But here's some areas we need to look at a little more. It's evident that we're not communicating clearly. or It's evident we're not doing this thing. And, and here's an opportunity for it to, to address that. And then to look for doors of opportunity. Most of the time, it's just opportunities of reaching a lost world for Christ. It's realizing there are many people out there that are far from God. Would you like to help them get closer? And, and as you begin that process and as you get invested in them, lives are going to be changed and you're going to see different things happen. The whole idea of transformational church is not about change. Now, what happens so many times in our churches is they've been going along for a period of time. Some have gone along for 12 years. Some have gone 25, 50, even 100 years. And all of a sudden they realize something's not working. And it usually the indicator is the attendance down and the money's down. And, and that gets our attention. And so that's good. That, 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 that's a, a real thing that, that's happening. And so we look at that, but we have to ask the question, so what are we going to do about it? Now, a lot of churches will say, well, let's change. Let's change back to the way we did it 12 years ago or 25 years ago or 50 years ago, and everything will be okay. The answer is, eh, that doesn't work that way. The answer is not about change because here's what happens with change. If you just want to make some tweaks and make some changes, at best it's going to bring you up to neutral. But you don't want to live in neutral, do you? Don't you want to live in the advance of the kingdom? Don't you want to bring glory and honor to him? And so transformation is not about looking to the past and trying to fix some, some problems so that we can get up to neutral. It really is about discovering what God is doing and how God is leading and joining him in that process so that real transformation takes place. Change focuses on the past. Transformation looks into the future. Now, now here's the thing. I was asked a number of years ago this question. Do you believe that the best days are behind us for the church or in front of us? And here's my answer, in front of us. Because in all honesty, if I really believe the best days of the church were behind her, I think I'd go do something else. I don't believe that. 
I believe the greatest opportunities to see the greatest impact into the world that we live in today are still before us. I don't think God's even begun to unleash what he's about to do. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it might be painful, but I don't want to miss being in on what God's about to do. How about you? Transformational church is all about that. You taking this survey will enable the church to take the snapshot of where you are so that the things that need to be, the mileposts, the, the things that will lead you into the future God has for you will become more crystal clear and the steps to get there will be laid out in such a way that everybody can join in on this journey. Let's pray together. Father, we want to ask that you might just continue to watch over us and guide us. And Father, I pray that everyone here that's a member or a regular attender will, will take this survey. It'll be so helpful to the church as, as next steps are, are, are taken, as, as the right steps are taken to move forward. Father, this morning, we've talked about transformational church assessment, but it could be that the Holy Spirit, your spirit has spoken into the hearts of someone here today. It may be there's someone here today that they're far from God. And they're saying, I don't want to be far from him anymore. I want to be close. Father, in a minute, there's going to be an opportunity for them to respond to that call in their heart that you're giving. And I pray they'd come to the front of the room here and take hold of the pastor or one of the leaders and just say, can you tell me more about this Jesus relationship? There's some that, God, you've just pricked our hearts about things in our own life that need to be changed or adjusted. Things that would enable us to become more like Jesus than we've ever been before. And so, Father, I pray in this, your invitation, that you would lead and guide and direct. And that, Father, we would respond in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand, and uh, John and the band is going to lead us in, in this song that we refer to in church as an invitation. I hope you'll allow it to be that uh, for you. Uh, if you do not know Christ as your Savior, I know we're talking about transformational church today in the survey that we're about to go into, but the first transformation that takes place in your life is to change over from death to life. It's when you recognize that you're a sinner and you can't fix it, you can't save yourself. You can't be good enough. You can't fix yourself, but God can fix you. And Jesus died for you on the cross to take care of all of your sins. And if you'll put faith in him and nothing else, give your life to him. He will transform your life. That's where transformation starts, your individual life. From there, it's a growing process. As you continue to allow him to transform you. And that's true of us as individuals. That's true as a church body. So during this invitation this morning, you may be someone that needs to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. Or you may be someone that's done that and you realize you're nowhere near where you ought to be. That maybe you've taken a different path and you need to get back on the path with Him and you need to ask Him to really transform your life and to change your life. Or you may be someone just concerned about our church. Our church needs to be all that it needs to be. God speaks to your heart. We invite you to come, kneel, and pray. I'll be here at the front if I need to help you in some way. Just ask you to listen to God's Holy Spirit and respond as He as He speaks to you. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, 
please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life.